Question Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Big Question Podcast. Joining us today is Rocky, hey. Harry, Hello. and me, Pete. Hello, Pete. So, Hi. tomorrow, no, today. Yes, yesterday. Thursday? Last year? Tomorrow. It's uh, it's not New Year yet. Christmas has happened, so this is now my favourite time of year because Christmas has happened and it's the furthest point away from Christmas happening again. I nearly tripped over and fell on my arse today, quite successfully. I w- I've only been out of the house, really, for about an hour's worth of today and I nearly killed myself. I did a similar thing in the shower the other day. We've had to move all of our shower-related activity to the spare shower because ours is broken. So when you say shower-related activity... Well, it might not just be showering. (laughs) It might be other stuff, too. Douching. (laughs) Anything that you can do in a shower has now been moved to the one over the bath. And I slipped. There's only really two things I do in a shower. Shower and wank? Yeah, yeah. I've got it in one, yeah. <laughs> well, I live in a small flat. That's still shower-related activity. Yeah, I know. Well, it's also masturbatory-related activity. <laughs> yeah, but we've not really, you know, not all masturbatory stuff has gone to the new bathroom. Uh, yeah, some of that is elsewhere, presumably. I mean, I wish it was a new bathroom. It's not really. Spare bathroom. <clears throat> you, I, you've got a spare bathroom. Yeah, we've, got we've got a bathroom oh, and we've got an en suite. Yeah. I anyway. I don't like you guys anymore. Well, we, we both <laughs> like to poo at the same time. <laughs> Just our bodies are so in sync. So in a perfect world, would you have like his and his toilets? No. Or is that a step that's too an, far? That's an imperfect world. <laughs> yeah. It's close, but not quite. Because I really do feel like there's the, the... I don't have very many taboos in life, but one of them is I don't want to watch not only my partner... or I don't want to watch anybody take a dump. No. And I, I know that... Like, I've, I've talked in the past to other couples that, like, you know, one of them is in the bath and the other one will just go have a piss in front of them. I would never do that. Oh, no, we, we would do that. I just, I feel like that. I feel like that destroys all the magic. It's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, we've been together for like, what, five and a bit years. Is it yeah. only five and a bit years? Yeah. Only. Only? Five and a half? <laughs> I thought on. it might have been ten. No. Unfortunately not. It's ten for me if you count a different relationship. <laughs> what? That's <laughs> how it work. Yeah, it, that doesn't, that's not how life works, Rocky. I'm just saying. So anyway, tomorrow... In a strange fit of good fortune, you find a wallet on the ground containing £100 in cash, and there is nothing in it. There is no way of identifying who this belongs to. So supposing that you're going to be honest with yourself and the audience and keep the cash, what are you going to do with it? It's not so much money that you're, you could quit your job, but it's enough that it would make your day slightly improved. I would immediately go to Twitter and mock them for firstly losing cash, Secondly, having lost a wallet with zero identifier in it and completely destroy how stupid they are for losing it. That's pretty bitchy. It was. I mean, you could, just, just as a, for instance, you know them, like, now I think about it, I don't know whether they're still a thing, but you know them cameras, them port- disposable cameras that presumably... Uh, it like weddings and things like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, hacky weddings. Crappy weddings. <laughs> take your own, take your own wedding. wedding pictures. Yeah, but make it more authentic. You, you, the cost of the cost of getting the thing developed is presumably baked into the cost of buying them. You can go buy a hundred pounds worth of that, then post every single one of them photos onto uh, onto Twitter. I could do, or I could go and get it all in one penny coins, fill the bath with it, and take pictures of myself bathing you, you, in a hundred pounds you would not pennies. fill the bath 
I know it wouldn't fill really it. Really not enough. How much? How many pennies are there in a hundred pounds? So it's ten thousand. Yeah, it's not enough. They'd be cold as well and, and dirt, heavy and dirty. Well, if you if you like got a wash the pennies, at the same time. If you got the bath full of pennies and then you got I don't know four or five bottles of Coca Cola. Apparently, according to the internet, if you submerge pennies in Coca Cola, they go all clean. Uh, apparently, but the, it's not like Ducktales where you could just like jump into money as well. You'd have to fill the bath around you with the with the pennies, which would be one either you need help or a lot of patience. I mean, if I'm sitting in a bath filled with pennies. I definitely need help. Yeah. <laughs> As it happens, I was just thinking about this when you were talking, that since I've been in London, which is uh, a few years, like four, four and a bit years, I have now found on the floor a total of £85. Really? In separate occasions, I've almost found £100. And what I did with it, I spent on wine. <laughs> pretty much. Wine is a pretty good solution. But I, I talked about one of the ones on the podcast about a year ago where I was in New Cross, just down the road from here, and I was walking up one of the hills in New Cross, and I found £20 on the floor with a shopping list, and on the <laughs> shopping list was, like, gluten-free bread and, like, vegan cheese. Wanky products. What people t- term health food, which is nonsense. Unless they're gluten intolerant. Unless they're gluten intolerant, which affects 1% of people. Could well be, though. It could could be. There Statistically is, unlikely. May, maybe they've had to go for ordinary bread because they lost all their money. Good. And they're, Sucks now, to be them. they're now dead somewhere because Pete stole their money for their shopping. I didn't steal their money. They dropped their money and I picked it up and spent it on wine. You should have walked around and gone and knocked on doors and been like, it was, which, which one of you has a wanky shopping list? The road I found it on, if you walk down to the bottom of the road, you get to a big Sainsbury's. So my assumption is they were walking down the hill towards Sainsbury's, dropped the money. It was the middle of July. It was 30 degrees. It was hot as fuck. So you went to buy wine? Well, it was my lunch break, actually. I bought (laughs) wine several hours later. And actually, thinking about it, I think that very day I was podcasting. I spent the money on wine, which became for the benefit of the podcast. So in a lot of ways, that person helped create art. Mm. Filthy art, but, you know, art nonetheless. (laughs) Yes, yes, they did. What about you, Harry? What would you do with the money? I, I think I would, I would just put it in my wallet and I would forget about it until, like, I could find it all over again and go, oh, that's £100. Uh, you know, I'd just kind of spend it little by little. Maybe, you know, get my hair did. Um, How much does getting a, getting a hair did cost you? Uh, £20. Well, we go to the hair, same, hair. same place as what you You go to, to the same place K- as me? KR Arbor Station in uh, Broccoli. Oh, I love them guys. He's so nice, the guy in there. Shout out, shout the, out to Musa. Musa. The his, one guy. And his crew. <laughs> no. Some of his crew. Musa's crew. He is a fucking full-on Turkish hipster. He's not Turkish. He is her Turkish. Cypriot. Turkish Cypriot, though. Turkish Cypriot, yeah, but still well, Cypriot. He spends his time speaking in Turkish with his no, other friends, he's, watching Turkish TV. He's Turkish. I made an assumption. He's Turkish in that sense, but he's from yeah. Cyprus. He's oh. sweet as fuck and he cuts the hair good. His fingers smell nice as well. I've never smelt his fingers. Does he not do your beard? Well, I know, because I, because I keep mine pretty close. Oh. It gets real itchy when, whenever I try and grow mine out like yours. You have to just bear with it. You've, you've really got to power through that bit. I can't. I just can't do it. It, it takes a while. You've just, you've got to, got to break through that barrier. I have to admit, I, um, I caught. So recently, my Instagram account was um, shut down. Don't know why. 
Instagram didn't give me any kind of information. Well, actually, it's Facebook who own it. Them cunts didn't give me any information as to why it was shut down. It just stopped being open one day. And in the process, I was trying to figure out, because I couldn't even remember what my fucking username was. I've used the same one for about five years. And I happened to... I came to realize that for like three weeks when I first started using Instagram four to five years ago, I, uh, I was using a different account very briefly. And I managed to find that account and logged into it. And I, I remember at the time thinking, oh, great, I found the account that, that I've lost because I didn't realize it had been shut down. I logged into it and there was about six photos, including my last day at Salford University. Really? But another picture was one taken of me in Thailand and when I was in Thailand, I couldn't trim my beard, so it grew really long. Also, my hair had gotten a lot longer. I remember looking at this picture of me thinking, Jesus, that guy's hot as fuck. I should grow my beard some more. But then I tried, and I just, I can't, I just can't do it. It just gets too itchy, and now I'm, like, way greyer than I was then. So. so the moral of the story is go back to Thailand so you have an excuse not to shave. No, the moral of the story is <laughs> spend £100 on something useful. Okay. Haircuts. But, Haircuts for the three of us. But the thing is, on the other side of that, is that I know what it's like to, to lose money or think that, you know, someone's taken money from you. Well, I, I do think of the people who lose the money as deserving of losing the money. If they can't really get it together to keep hold of £100. I mean, one thing to be, have it stolen from you, that's real different. But actually, just dropping the money, it's kind of on you. <sighs> yeah. Might mean to say that? Um, potentially. Depends. You don't know the circumstances of the person who dropped it. Obviously, if you find yeah, it, I also don't care. <laughs> I suppose it's one of those things. If if you if you happen to have lost hundred pounds yourself, and you go, oh silly me, I dropped it in the street. I hope someone buys some nice wine with that, or gets a lovely haircut. Um, you know, then maybe that's that's okay. But if, how would you feel if you just thought you know you'd got hundred pounds in cash? But anyway, who who has hundred pounds in cash unless you go to a farmer's market like a you know douchebag wanker? Have you ever lost a hundred pound? Well, all right. Another question: What's the most amount of money you've ever lost? I once had twenty pounds in my wallet, and it went missing. I know where it went, but it went missing nonetheless. <laughs> is this is this basically the same example I was going to go, where I walked out of the house with like a hundred or eighty pound? And kind of woke up the next day with like fifteen pounds, with no real idea of how it went from A to B. No, that was definitely losing the money somewhere along the way. No, this was this was when I was quite young, so you know, probably about fourteen, and I had a paper round, so I had a, a bit of income, and I'd saved some money. I had just twenty pounds in my pocket, in my wallet, and then a little while later, I didn't. And then my, I'm I'm about ninety seven percent certain my brother stole it. Um, because he came home from the shops with lots of stuff. <laughs> what a cunt. Yeah, he, he is. My was. sister, I've never asked her. Now we're so much older, I feel like I should ask her. I, I occasionally smoke weed. I'm not a very regular smoker, but when I do, I, I don't smoke tobacco, so I have a little pipe. And I do, I think she stole my pipe off me when she was about 14. I was visiting, because uh, my folks live in Wales, and I was visiting them once. And I was there and it was just in one of my pockets. And then when I came to leave, it wasn't in one of my pockets. And I'm pretty sure it was the eldest of my three sisters. 
I'm going to prod her about that the next time I see her. See if it was her, and I bet it was. See, I remember when I was a kid, I, I used to really like Wallace and Gromit, and I had... Um, I used to be friends with the guy who ran the local bookshop because um, I was that kind of kid. And um, he had a standy cutout of Wallace and Gromit and I asked him if he could have it. And he said, yeah. Um, so once the promotion finished, I took it home and I had it and it was very nice and I had it in my shared bedroom. And then one day I came home and I found that it just, it had gone. And my parents were like, oh, don't worry about it. It was only a bit of cardboard. And I'm like, no, but it was my bit of cardboard. It was my bit of Wallace mine, and Gromit. Mine, Um and I, I blamed my brother instantly because he did it. Um, and it was like, oh, let's get over it. Because he has a black heart and an evil soul. That's it. Um, and about two years later, um, in secondary school, I remember talking to this girl and she was in the same year as my brother. And she was like, oh, you're, you're whoever's brother. Um, I remember once when he brought in um, a cardboard head of um, grommet. And I remember he gave it me as a gift. He was so kind. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, that is not kind. He stole that. I'm and st- now you're related to her. No, 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 I'm not. You put a face like, maybe I am. <laughs> I'm just, just, no, just checking. I don't think I've lost any money. May have lost like 20 quid, 10 quid. But I mean, it's either that I've got a really shitty memory or it actually never happened. The alternative is that I'm so careful that if it has happened to me, I've blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> Because you couldn't possibly I, lose it. Yeah, and, I, pr- and I, couldn't, I couldn't bear the thought of losing something. I understand that. I mean, to be clear, all my examples of like losing money, they're not really me losing money. It's me just being so shit-faced that I just bought a round of drinks to a complete set of strangers, which I do frequently. But do, do you not find that these days that gets less and less... Because you know, I, I barely carry cash. Like I, I use contactless, I use my card. I still use cash, not all the time, but I still like, I still always have cash in my wallet. But the, the thing is that I, the, there is a flip side to that, that I won't say I never get so annihilated that I forget doing things and buy strangers rounds of drinks. It's just, it's, not, it's less. It doesn't happen as often. It happens a couple of times a year as opposed to a couple of times a month, which is maybe 10 years ago was more what it was like so uh question answered i guess looks like it money 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 must be funny in a rich man's world money 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 always sunny in a rich man's world all the things i can do Next question. Are you a giver or a taker? And you can interpret this any way you see fit. So, But I would prefer you not do it in a perverted way. This is what I was going to say. So when we were talking about this earlier, my immediate thought was to do a, a little kind of childish, perverted... Doodle pole. Uh, yeah, around the, the subject. But I'm going to be deadly serious. Yes. And I'm going to say... That I don't think I contribute very much to society. I take a lot and perhaps don't give a lot back. Which is not funny. 
It's just the truth. So what do you take from society which you do not give in return? Because presumably, I mean, I haven't seen you working, but I'm guessing you still have a full-time job and you contribute a significant amount to a tax income, the national insurance income. We all do that, but that, that does count. I mean, it's all financial though, really, isn't it? It's it all still about... means something. Does it? We've well, got, I mean, like... But if, if you were to say, I don't know, give money to a charity that... Uh, provide support for kids that have been cast out for, uh, I don't know, being Tories or being gay or, or both. There are, there, there's apparently gay Tories. Uh, well, apparently so. But I mean, there are charities which do that exact work because unfortunately there are some people who that's an experience that they have. I mean, that would be you. <laughs> being Tory being and gay. To- being Tory, obviously. Yeah. Um, so they're like support networks, are they? There are support networks out there which get, contrib- which are get received charitable donations. That would count as you contributing back to society. I wouldn't want to give any money to that group necessarily, nor would I want to give any money to the gay UKIPers, which is also a bit of an odd one for me. Although I would like to set up a rival group that I would wholeheartedly support for brainwashing them to not be UKIP supporters. Some sort of UKIP conversion therapy. (laughs) Yes, that would be exactly the sort of thing that I would fund. I think you'd have to call it like, UKIP enlightenment. The road, en- en- the road to forgiveness. Enrichment therapy. I'm just wondering what the various gay um, conversion therapies are actually called. Oh, there's gay conversion therapies in the UK. What's this? What's this? Uh, it's this not illegal. This I mean, is, it's amazing that it isn't illegal. This is what happens when you. What? I like in the Google search. So I've put gay conversion therapy UK. And like the fifth um, entry is the reparative website. And then underneath it says, this, this site may be hacked. Do you know what? I don't know if this is Google. Other search engines are available, but terrible. Yeah, so I'm not worth it. Bing is okay. It'll, it'll do. But um, I don't know if it's just my Google. But, like, I haven't, I haven't found a single actual gay conversion therapy website. I've found an awful lot of news articles about them, but I haven't found one. Why don't you put it in the terms that someone who might be Googling that sort there of thing... There we go. Found one. Go on a gay conversion camp? JosephNicolosi.com If gay doesn't define you, you don't have to be gay. I was kind of hoping that it would have a better name than that, that we could poke fun at UKIP about. That guy does not look like he likes women to me. <laughs> have you seen the film? There's a film that I watched when I was a teenager that I found. But I'm a cheerleader. Yes. I love that film. It's yeah, I, I, have, film. I have not seen that in years. And I had a DVD of it and I, I don't know where it is. I remember watching that as a kid and thinking, like, it was just nice and it it's apparently it's, a terrible film. I'm it just... isn't terrible. It's sort of, I don't know if it is a John Waters film. It feels like a John Waters film because it's kind of quirky and kitsch and, you know, a bit camp as well. <laughs> just a little. Yeah, you know, that's kind of the hallmarks of all his films. It's got RuPaul in it. And uh, Julie Depley. She's uh, from one of my other favourite films, um, Before Sunset. Before Sunset? Yeah, there's, there was three films that are filmed like 15 years apart. Um, before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. Mm, this and, sounds familiar. And they're all done just kind of, it's her and Ethan Hawke, just walking around different places. Is one of them set in Paris? One of them, that's the, the first one I saw, but yeah. it's the second film. It's a very good film. Can mm. I pull a face? Of course you can. Yeah. It's a good it didn't, film. didn't do much for me. Did it not? Whereas Butter Machine Leader, I think, stands right up. I think it's great. I've seen it in the last two years. Really? It's, it's on, absolutely fantastic. On which, which method? I've had a I downloaded it illegally and watched it on my computer. 
Would it be illegal? Because I once bought the DVD. If I did that, uh, yeah, yeah, still, still illegal. Still illegal. Still illegal. But guy. if I found my DVD copy and ripped a version to to watch privately, oh no, I don't think that's illegal. I don't think there's much they can do about that. What if I use someone else's version? I, but I, I had the DVD I, in my hand while I was watching it. I think the legality of downloading music, downloading media, relates to how much the people who own it care about you doing it. It doesn't seem to me that, unfortunately, as much as it's a great film, it's not exactly Terminator 2 in terms of audience numbers. <laughs> so I suspect that no one actually cares if you were to download it illegally. That's not true. that the Big Question podcast condones such activity, of course, but I don't think anyone's going to notice. So anyway, going back to UKIP and UKIP conversion therapy. Yeah, I can't, I can't find any um, UK gay conversion therapy people, but you said you, you had... Just found one. Well, I found... Oh, well, actually, was it a .co.uk or was it a... A global It was a one. .com. Oh, okay. You pray away the gay. So... It was I mean, a sort of pray away the gay sort of thing. One of the, thing, one of the quick research things that I've just done is that the... Um, all the psychology boffins... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Royal College of Psychiatrists, that's the one, have said that it's hugely unethical. Um, but apparently it's not illegal. So... I can capitalise on this and do an, uh, a, a UKIP conversion therapy company and get away with it. Would um, this be giving or taking? This would be training them to take. Because <laughs> they've given so much fucking shit for too long. I, on the subject of UKIP, I do kind of feel like, short of Farage going back and leading them, which... Doesn't seem like very likely that that's going to happen. I think we are in the end times for UKIP. Do you not just think it's just gonna they're gonna pull off their mask and it's gonna be you know Heil Hitler? Oh, absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about it. There's gonna be sort of five to ten percent of people who do hold them views. I thought you were gonna say they're just a minority. Pull off the mask and the aliens from The Simpsons will just be there. The the best possible (laughs) thing you can want to happen to UKIP is they dissolve into five different groups in a pile of infighting. And that's actually the most likely thing that will happen. The best thing that can happen to UKIP would be for them to all dissolve in acid. Well, okay. That's illegal, Rocky. And the Big Question podcast does not condone such activity. But if you had £100... (laughs) If I had £100, that would be far more donations than UKIP are getting right now. How much would a bath of acid cost? Well, don't they do that in one of the first episodes of uh, that Breaking TV Bad. show that I didn't watch? Breaking yeah, but then Bad. there was that, that case, wasn't there, in the news the other, the other week? There was a guy and he got some policeman round who was still on duty. A sex Bathed game him. went wrong. And so then he thought he'd look a bit dodgy. So he dissolved him in a bath of acid. Whilst also cutting bits off him, cooking him, eating parts of him. I could see why you'd think that might look a bit wrong. Yeah. This is like afterwards and he was clearly deranged. So this sex game. Well, I think, you know, you know, like, like people die like David Carradine killed himself accidentally during auto asphyxiation, auto erotic asphyxiation in a cupboard in a hotel in what, Bangkok? Something like that? As uh, other people have. Uh, yes. Apparently there's pictures. I haven't seen them. I would never want to. A dead David Carradine hanging in a wardrobe. This is going to sound terrible. I'm not really sure who David Carradine is. He was Bill from Kill Bill. Oh, right. The old fella. Yeah. For some reason, I had in my head he was like some 70s... He was. 
<laughs> but like seven, like he's seventies TV, like film TV star. Like he was in Chips. Or something he, like he, it wasn't something silly. He was in something about motorcycle police. He was in the um, he was in that seventies show about kung fu or something other. The police are coming. Because we've been talking about <laughs> dropping UKIP into acid. Well, you know, just their members. Really. He was in the TV show Kung Fu from 1972 to 1975. I remember that TV show. Not at the time, I should add. Was he trying to perform the five-point palm exploding heart technique? <laughs> On his uh, cock. On his cock. Oh. <laughs> he was trying to edge using the five-point yeah. palm exploding heart technique. I mean, in some respects, I've heard this talked about on a different podcast that there is a lot to be said about vanilla sex. Maybe it's just maybe it's me projecting onto his life, but he's gone for freakier and freakier things, and then eventually nothing does it for him apart from being close to death, and it kind of went wrong for him. That can happen though. It's like if you watch too much porn. It, well, as as Stan Up says, it diminishes your taste for the kind of people who will actually have sex with you. I mean, I'm always just so thankful that anyone would want to have sex with me. It's <laughs> fucking gravy as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so anyway, to answer the question, I kind of think of myself as a giver. I'm a very kind person. I, I want to give every everything to everyone. Ah, uh, yeah, so I, I haven't answered this question. I would say I'm... I like to be a giver in regards to the kind of the universe and that I like to give people the benefit of the doubt when it comes to, you know, silly things. Even, like, drivers acting like an idiot. I often drive with someone else who gets very irritated by everyone else on the road. Anyone or... in particular? Naming any names? No, or... no one in particular. Um, but it gets annoyed at pedestrians, at people, crossing at the wrong place, crossing at the right place at the wrong time. Rocky is a bit of a bitch. Um, but I like to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I like to smile at strangers. I like to, uh, you know, people think it's probably weird, but I like to think that, you know, if I smile at someone, it might brighten their day, or offer to give someone a hug um, at work, potentially. You know, I've done it in the past, where someone will come in and they look a bit miserable, and they're like, you're all right, and they go, yeah, I'm fine, and they go, do you want a hug? And they'll, sometimes, more often than not, they'll say no, but sometimes they'll be like, yeah, and they've given you a hug, and... They've cried. I like to think that that gives something to the universe and that's made their day better and everyone that's happily ever after. He's lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> I think he is lying. I'm not lying. It's all these are things that I do for strangers and people I don't know. I don't believe the hug bit because I don't think you want, no, you want to get I, that close to women I, or straight people ever. I genuinely have... Um, I used to work in a call centre. I worked there for, for many years and I would often... I had like a team leader and she would often look like she needed a hug and I'd ask her, do you need a hug? And she'd be like, yeah, and I used to give her a hug. And, you know, it might not have been something I wanted to particularly do, but I thought, you know, for the benefit of the universe, making someone's day nicer, you know, why what not What did you do, do in the call centre? I feel like you've talked about the call centre before. The call centre. I um, I did various roles within it, but the, the company I worked for, it changed hands a few times while I worked for them, but it was ultimately customer services for a parcel delivery company. Ah, this rings a bell. Yeah. In fact, you told me about it at the time. Potentially, yes. I do yeah, remember yeah. this. Yeah, so many years ago, when we first met, I was working for a parcel delivery company, call centre. So, I, I, as somebody who's been, and I've talked about this before on the show, um, as somebody who has been fired for stealing, I also <laughs> do have a being a taker as well. <laughs> I uh, I what I got fired from a bookmakers for stealing from them, and I'm proud of it. 
I'm not even remotely ashamed. I'm, I'm actually, in funny, in a lot of ways, you see a lot of newspaper stories about how good criminals get it uh, in prison. And actually, they don't get it that great. What you're actually seeing is bravado about saying, I don't give a shit about going to prison. Send me to prison. It's fucking easy. It's not really easy, but that's what people like to project. And sometimes when I say that, like, I don't feel guilty about being fired for stealing, I'm almost kind of channeling that same kind of bravado. <laughs> but I don't fucking give a shit. Like, it was a really good move. How did you do it? What, 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 did, did, you do? what did you steal? Well, Again, uh, I think you've told me this before. Yeah, I have told you it before. That when you, say, want to place a bet on a horse, you, um, you write a betting slip and say, you know, £20 horse number one. And then you give it to me and I, and I put it through the machine, give you a ticket. And then I have to actually write into the machine what that bet was, along with the picture that I've just taken of that bet. But if, if I put £2 into the till, so if I say the bet you gave me is worth £2, but you gave me £20 and I pocket £18, all the tills figure out. It's, it's often bets are written in quite an ambiguous way. So you could interpret that to be £2 or £20. And the statistically speaking, probably I'm going to win and probably you're going to lose. So I did that for a while. And then eventually I did it and the person won. <laughs> and uh, then I got caught out mm. and it was great. Then I was unemployed for four months. Which was... <laughs> did, you, did you find that out yourself? How, how do you mean? As in, did... When you worked there, did someone who also worked behind the on the counter? Oh, work? I don't I mean, think you know, so. You just do this. I don't remember. It was a lot of years ago. It's like certainly twelve or thirteen years ago. I can't really remember, but I'm crafty and I'm sneaky, and probably I invented it myself. I came up with it myself. It's actually really fucking obvious. But I I have no shame about that. So I was definitely a taker then. Why don't you have any shame about that? Uh, well, the reason is is because well, a I'm a bit of a sociopath. So I just don't really have a lot of shame, full stop. But the, the other thing is that I hated that job. I hated everything about it. I used to wake up in the morning, like lying in bed thinking, I can't, I can't do another day of this. I don't want to get out of bed. I, I don't want to go to work. Even though I kind of didn't like the customers, I didn't like the idea of making their work lives, making their lives kind of demonstrably worse by contributing to their gambling or facilitating their gambling. So I hated everything about it. And then the next job I had after that was in a university. And then I spent 11 years working in universities. So, you know, I don't really believe in fate or, you know, things happening for a reason or all that nonsense. But, you know, the superstitious part of me, which is in everybody, but hopefully very little in me, I can kind of look back and think, well, that gave me a good fork in the road and I went down the right path after that point. And is working at a betting shop, is it is a betting shop? Because I've never actually been in one. Maybe it's time. The, the thought of it just kind of makes me die a little bit inside. Because every time you walk past one, it always looks like it's full of old men gambling away their pensions. Uh, that's pretty much what they generally are full of. I mean, they, they like to present like it's young, hip, happening, attractive people of various sexes and, and uh, races and persuasions. But it isn't really. I mean, it, 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 it's a weird kind of environment because I worked in multiple betting shops in South Manchester. And it, it was like, depending on where the betting shop was, you kind of got disproportionately individual kind of races of people. So it just became there was a betting shop for kind of Asian dudes to hang out and a betting shop for black guys to hang out and a betting shop for white guys to hang out. 
and they're all kind of generally speaking kind of 45 to 60 and sometimes a little bit older women represent probably one percent of the overall clientele across all the betting shops certainly no more than five percent i mean that tends to be what it's like but is it not it's a strange thing that you know betting shops are one of the few shops that are actually still open in places when betting should be one of those things that should be it should be one where the shops are just closing down one after the other because you can do it all easier and cheaper online because its clientele tends to be older it probably doesn't have a long-term future on the high street but because the clientele is older generally kind of uses computers less they it'll hang on a little bit longer, but give it ten years. I don't think you'll see you'll you won't see half as many of them. Isn't that is it, aren't betting shops the way that you judge um, whether you want to live somewhere or not? How many betting shops are on this road? Um, probably quite a few. What I actually noticed because I've only been on this road twice down this end of town, and like what I kind of noticed walking down the street from the bus stop is oh that's an interesting looking restaurant. Like it kind of we have an accordion shop. Yeah, really. Yeah, you just just oh uh, I didn't notice Allardies. But there, there are a large amount of betting shops as well. I don't think there's a large amount. I think there's like yeah, there's I, probably about four. Is it just one over the road? Isn't there? There's one on the road. There's one down in the high street. There's probably two or three on. But, uh, but you look at certain other places. But, every other shop is a betting shop. But the thing is, they become so kind of you can just get used to seeing them that you don't notice them because they they're lost. not for you. They're not for us to see. They're this neighbourhood does really seem like ripe for a hipster invasion. It's it's getting there. It's gonna be. It feels like it's gonna happen any day now. I hope the betting shops leave at the same time. Well, they will. Well, unless it becomes this, you know, cool sort of authentic <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> Local Be- betting only. Bearded betting. <laughs> it's organic. Organic betting. Organic, Organ- betting. organic yeah. bearded betting. It's biodynamic. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. I mean, who whoever thought beards were going to come back in? I know. Do you, know, do you know, I look at people now and I look at their hairstyles? And I, you know, I have a beard, but it's not particularly because I'm I want to be trendy or, or fashionable. It's because it's easy and you know actually it makes me look better. okay better. Whereas I look at people and I go, I remember seeing pictures of my dad and my mum when they got married, and my dad had silly long wavy hair and a and a silly beard, and my my mum had a very 80s or 70s haircut. Did she have a Princess Diana? This was pre-Princess Diana. My mum got married in 81, and that was 82, something like that. So it was, it was before she was kind of around. Did she have a human league? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't she, really know what that I think I think my mum's hair would probably look quite normal nowadays, but my dad's hair would look like all the other hipster wankers these days. And he had a silly kind of um, Frank Zappa moustache, which is very sort of... Trendy. Very late 70s. Yeah. Uh, but I look at people now and I think, oh, you're going to look back in pictures in 10 years' time and think, oh, what a douche. But you probably still look like a douche then. I was in, I was in Victoria Station two days ago and I was thinking that exact same thing when I saw these two 18-year-old lads. They were, you know, they were, they were cute, but I was just kind of thinking, God, your hairdo. You are going to look back at this in 10 years and grim- grimace a bit. It was sort of... One of them had... Her incredibly stylized bowl cut. <laughs> it's sort of, I kind of almost describe it as like 
like halfway kind of scally hairdo from like 1989 except transmorphized onto like an 18 year old sexually ambiguous kind of gent yeah in in his with slightly pink purple pinky sort of blondie kind of thing going on but the thing is i look at those people and i think gosh you're gonna look silly in 10 years time and when you look back at photographs because there are thousands of photographs of all these people but then who who, should you care oh absolutely not no somebody once said on a podcast maybe the best thing for humanity would be a database that everyone is on that you can look up which is a picture of you naked (laughs) <laughs> just absolutely everybody on the planet just get it out of the way like fuck it why not but isn't isn't that how online dating works anyway but it's just destroy the destroy the worth destroy the value of the taboo of you being naked of somebody saying releasing pictures of you naked i mean i i don't actually have any naked photos of me or anybody else and i've, I've never really been into that but like lots of people do sure you do and what are you looking at me and saying that for? Because I know you do, because you've talked about it. That's, tor- but I, I that's do... horrible and offensive and stereotypical, but completely true. <laughs> yeah. But I do sort of think that, you know, certainly there are websites dedicated to, like, home film pornography, where I just cannot imagine that that was massively consensual for that to be public domain. It's hard for me to believe that, like some of the parties involved in that film pornography would be all too happy with the idea of it being public domain. I mean, it doesn't stop me looking at it, but, you know... But I think think as soon as you introduce a camera into any sort of situation like that, it's... You have to assume that anything that is filmed or recorded becomes becomes sort of kind of the public record. Um, Unless, obviously, there are cases where maybe the cameras might be hidden and, you know, it's a little bit more illegal. Um... But if you had to have a picture of you taken, like a 3D representation of you every single year of you naked, which was put up onto a database for people to look at, I feel like the value of... I think think we would very quickly become annoyed when we realised that not many people were looking. You go, oh, yeah. Hits this year zero. Yeah. Fucking narcissist. <laughs> I think it becomes, it becomes Hits this year minus two. It becomes something. It would become something that was so easily comparable to to other people. You can kind of go, oh well, how many of you had? And because it's not, it wouldn't become a thing anymore. As in, oh my god, there's a picture of me naked on the internet and someone's seen it because everyone's got one. Oh, I just sorry. Just an image of <laughs> as soon as you become prime minister and. I just thought of Theresa May naked and that's not a... Well, it might not be a pretty image. Yeah, she's got an image of her with her little leather trousers around her ankle. <laughs> <laughs> like that Friends episode where Ross can't get them back up again. She Ross just can. like She's just like struggling oh. as the picture's being taken. They were very baggy. Do, they, do you think she squeaks when she walks? I think she squeaks... Other times. Did you see that video of her awkwardly trying to make conversation oh, yeah, with the yeah. EU leaders? <laughs> she's uh, not she's not gonna be she's never gonna be the first person people want to talk <laughs> talk to in a party, do they? Not at a party where she's told everyone she doesn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you all. Talk to me please. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for listening. Rate and reviewers on iTunes? Leave us a review on iTunes or your podcasting listening experience of choice. Or your parents will die. Your pets will die. You will probably suffer a heart attack and join one of the many people in 2016 who died. There is no afterlife, so perhaps maybe just leave us a review on iTunes. Probably safer. Pay it forward.
Well, anyway. I think it's time to shut this podcast down. Say goodnight, Rocky. Goodnight, Rocky. Say goodnight, Harry. Goodnight, Harry. Say goodnight, Pete. Goodnight, ladies. Good, Good night. night. Good night. Ta. Ta, ta, ta. There is going to be something that is core to your nature, which is viewed as absolutely outrageous as a stance on something in 10 or 15, 20 years from now. You know, just for, for example, like there are gonna be people who are your grandparents' age or maybe a little bit older who, or maybe even younger, who absolutely believe the British Empire was a good thing. Well, it, everything is obvious time, isn't it? So, I'm But sure something British... you believe will be viewed the same way one day. I, I, remember my, I remember my grandma and she always used to have a go at people when they wouldn't speak correct or proper English. Wouldn't speak proper. Wouldn't speak proper. Um, and and I, always, I always, at the time, I thought, oh, that's quite commendable of her, that, you know, she's standing up for these things. But then I realised, well, well, actually, she's only just picking a time, uh, a, a time of the development of English language as her, her reference point and going, that's this is what English is, without taking into consideration the fact that English had changed over the previous, you know, thousand years from being, you know, whatever the, the um, you know, the Celts spoke to the amalgamation of all the different languages that made up English to being, you know, this is what it is now. Whereas now it's, I kind of feel about the same thing. And I think, you know, when people start talking in text speak and saying things that they shouldn't be or have a unique way of saying, um, what's that word? Bay. No. See, I understand bay. I don't I, understand bay. I, I find it. I find it kind of repulsive, but I understand it, and I know what it means. What word are you thinking of, though? Um, oh my god, I can't remember. It's the word everyone says it in London. Everyone at work. Arksk. Arksk. Ox. Axe. Ox. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand it because it's hard to say when you just mean ask. You know, you just say it like you're wielding an axe. Ox. Well, you know, I'm, I'm never going to not be northern. My A sound is always going to be quite abrupt. Yeah, but you don't say ox. Ox. Oh. Ask. I mean, ask. I do live with a native, like a basically a native Londoner, so I feel like her speech is starting to infect my patterns of speech my patterns of speech tell me about it <laughs> hey hey <laughs> yeah but we anyway can't all, can't all sound like we're from manchester all the time or come where well i don't <laughs> no you do though a little bit more i do sometimes but calm down <laughs> i have to i have to share i have to share with you something that i did put on facebook but the two things just before Christmas that made me laugh about London. So the first thing was I overheard like a kind of, I want to say well-off teenager, obviously one that hadn't lived without privilege before. And he was saying, oh yeah, um, I don't really know what to get him, so I guess I'll just buy him a piano. <laughs> you said this on, on chat the other week. I remember this. Yeah, and the other one, was this South Londoner. Um, he, he just got off the train, but he was on the phone, and he was talking to someone, and he was like, yeah, like, 
So I've got a, I've got a travel unboxing day. Um, got a travel up north on the bo- unboxing day. You know, well, North London. <laughs> somebody I used to work with, uh, somebody I used to know, he's more of a friend of mine, I guess. He he lived down here for a while, and he was, he worked at the University of East London. And he, I think he, he recounted this story where, where he said something along the lines of to one of his colleagues, have you ever even been up north? <laughs> and she said, yeah, I've been to Cockfosters. <laughs> For our international listeners, Cockfosters is the top end of one of the tube lines in London. <laughs> it's pretty far north London, but uh, it's still kind of... Still, in, still yeah, pretty far north. Yeah, I mean, one of my friends lives up there, and yeah, it's a fucking mission to get there, but... I, j- I just found the whole like obviously yes it's still north it is north of your current location but it is not the north <laughs> well yeah but they see signs that say the north <laughs> they are travelling on the roads and they're like got such a such a long trip ahead it's going like... to be an epic journey to Whitechapel of course I'm northern I, I live on the northern line <laughs> <laughs> so um I'm not going to get into the big question, the, the, the bigger question, because we've just recorded for an hour and... 86 minutes. 86. We've recorded for quite a while. <laughs> but let's just do a quick question. And you can find us on bigquestionpodcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bigquestionpodcast or you can find us on Twitter at underscore bigquestionpodcast. <laughs>